0: In the beginning, God created man in his own image. He walked with man in the cool of the Eden, but sin interrupted that union. So God created the missionary. God said, I need someone willing to say no to the status quo, no to the dream of wealth, leave their families to fly to a distant land and learn a language they have never heard, ride in cramped buses on backs of camels, someone who would sleep anywhere, eat anything, bear the heat, and fight the freeze with a smile on their face, just to take the gospel to a people not their own. So God created the missionary. God said, Because the harvest is plentiful, I need someone ready to sow the seed, to plow the ground, water the seed, and reap the harvest which is ripe. Someone to go and train, to multiply the crops, and to answer the call and pay the price. So God created the missionary. God said, I need someone who is a radical servant of all, taking the lowliest job, washing the feet of the poor, caring for the sick and cleaning their wounds. I need someone to visit the prisoner, care for the widow and the orphan, to sit in the dust with a child and tell them that they are loved. So God made a missionary. God said he needed someone who would believe that blind eyes could see and lame feet could walk and that the dead could live again. Someone who would pray long hours and intercede through the night with wordless groans of petition so that one soul might be saved. God said, I need someone honest and brave, full of grace, mercy, and compassion, free from fear and passivity, walking in true identity, someone burning with love and girded with truth, someone who radiantly reflects God's glory. So God made a missionary. God said, I need someone who would say yes before they were asked. Someone who would go to distant islands, barren deserts, inner cities, closed nations, next door neighbors, and prestigious universities to reach the unreached. Who would hike any mountain and endure any obstacle? Because how will they believe in him of whom they have never heard? How will they hear unless someone preaches? And how will they preach unless they are sent? So God made the missionary.
1: So they're collecting their parts and they're coming out of the church. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stress sharing it inside the house, but man, that's what we got to live with. That's where we have fun here. Yeah, that was amazing people, amazing kids, and I know that these are the future leaders of our nation of the world in the name of Jesus. Awesome. awesome. that's the cookies our church sent to Nigeria. All the things we're seeing here are things that our church sent to Nigeria that they're using. They did cookies with Jesus and they called nearby churches to share with them. And we can see all the children that came because of these cookies, praise the Lord. Our church also sent the school bag, backpacks, and you can see all the children that came to receive this back. We can continue. So all this we are sent from our church to Nigeria. And our church in Nigeria has been reaching out to their neighboring churches.
2: Yeah. on behalf of
1: the- church we are, very big thank, you. So,
2: thank, you. Thank, you. thank you
1: praise the Lord they're saying thank you to our church for giving them all the bags that we've sent to them so thank you church they're just thanking you okay so they were telling us um the you know, the last time Pastor Fasheretti said, Sister Caroline, you have not sent us any money this year. So let's prepare ourselves when we get into after the word of God we will do the mission report. Our mission team this year is God Needs Labourers, taken from Matthew nine, thirty seven. Praise the Lord. We can continue.
3: Welcome to Missions Weekend. We have so much for you, and honestly, I am truly honored and blessed to be in the presence of this man here, this young man, very young man. (laughs) (laughs) So, just so uh, they know, I'm Onye Kachuku Emmanuel, and right here, I'm just going to let my brother here introduce himself. Just tell us who you are, you know, what you do.
4: Thank you, sir. Uh, it's you pleasure know. to to be interviewed <laughs> by you. My, my, my. <laughs> my name is Tolu Gulo. I'm a missionary. Okay, that's really awesome. Now, um,
3: just out of curiosity, what what made you? What got you interested in missions work?
4: All right. Um, when I gave, Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I gave my life to Jesus, August 26, I gave my life to Jesus, August 26. Uh, 1994, mm-hmm. and uh, I started with a discipleship program in the church I gave my life to Jesus, where I gave my life to Jesus. And ever since that moment, there was this burning love of God in my heart. I just want to do everything that can please Him. And uh, shortly after I gave my life to Jesus, I'll go on the streets of our church be inviting people for every service when a service go from house to house i'll literally be begging people to come into the church and they will be wondering what kind of person is this <laughs> uh, as i continued with christ my passion the love of god in my heart developed into a great passion and uh, i just want to him. I just want to do what he wants. I want to, everybody to know about the love of Jesus. And uh, from there, he grew into uh, what I call a great desire to serve the Lord. And that's what gave me interest. Even when I became a missionary, I never knew what a missionary is. I don't know anything. So until someone introduced me to a school of mission uh where the train missionary for one year even when i was going i didn't, I didn't know what I, the purpose of my going but out of my passion and the love of god i went there if that will help me to know how to work for god better and uh when i got there i started understanding what mission is i'm proud to that time you know i was praying in february 1996 in my house only myself and my elder brother were at home he was praying in our parents' room I was praying in the sitting room and that's where I had encounter with the Lord and I had a, a, a voice dictating seven countries for me and I picked my pen I wrote several countries I can mention them in my head it's just like yesterday and uh, the moment And it's, I received to seven countries. The Lord told me, you will preach in this nation. And I don't understand. How can one man preach in seven countries at the same time? I don't understand. And uh, over the years, and when I went to mission work, I found that uh, uh, it's about God sending you to carry the gospel from one place to another. So, the understanding started coming to me over the years. And the first country I would go for international mission was none of those seven countries. I got confused. (laughs) I said, God gave me, in Africa, there were two countries, Togo, Ghana. It was Cameroon. I first went for international mission. And I was wondering, how could, it is not part of seven countries God gave me, the first door was a different country. And uh, that, con- that different country prepared me for one of those seven countries. And uh, by the grace of God, today I've gone beyond those two countries in Africa as a missionary. I've worked in the eastern part of uh, Africa and also. So that's how the interest came up and uh, till today by god's grace <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. wow.
3: <laughs> you've been far wide like this is this is actually very mind-blowing as a matter of fact you 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 mentioned that you had to learn you know what missionary is you know yes. what, what what mission is so let's just let me just ask directly you know like who is a missionary you know is is every christian Missionary, all right,
4: thank you very much. Uh, Every Christian is not a missionary, but every Christian should be a missionary. Mm. And the Bible says, Go ye into all the world and preach the good news. You know, uh, the thing is that uh, you can, before you understand who is a missionary or answer that question correctly. Should every Christian be a missionary? We should know who is a missionary. And uh, and then we should understand the word mission. And then mission is about carrying the gospel from one location to another location, irrespective of the distance. It could be a far place. It could be a very close by to you. You can, a student can take the gospel of Jesus he has received to his classroom, to his school, to his lecturer, or to his teacher, or to his classmates. That is mission. That's why every Christian should be a missionary. Because that is the mandate. To be a missionary is not a calling. as so many people always think it's a calling. You don't need to wait for a special call to be a missionary. It's a responsibility. It's a demand upon us from our Lord Jesus, who we'll died freely for the whole world. So it's not about who. Uh, some people will say, "Me, I'm not called as a missionary." At see it's a it's a kind of ignorance, you know. And we are missionary, and who are missionaries? The missionary. Uh, is uh it means the sent out ones like apostles of jesus the word apostle means the sent ones so jesus christ sent them how many two by two so that means in um, uh a saint at once and the church of jesus is the sent at once it's a go into all the world and all the world the bible is talking about it's talking it's not talking about cosmos it's talking about ethnos, the people of the same group, people who are who have the same mindset, the same understanding, the same world view. You understand? We are human beings and we have people of different ethnies and um, in, in this present world. It could be ethnicity of professional world where our uh, people, for example, uh, somebody who is a, a law practitioner. He has a, a different mindset due to the training he has received.
3: Right. 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 Yeah. Okay.
4: Let me not take that. I don't know.
3: <laughs> no. 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 The. 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 Um, it's just like right now. Um. It's so. It's so overwhelming because I can see that you've really. First of all, I can see the passion. You know. And I. I can definitely see that you've really. Um. You really understand missions because even I myself. I'm not going to lie. I thought it's a calling, like yeah, <laughs> God has to say, "My son, go into
4: Notogo and win souls." But I'm really glad you. Actually, called. let me interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not totally ruling out the fact that there could be a special call. What I'm addressing is in general terms. There could be a special call. For example, God calling somebody, leave a particular place, leave what you are doing, like right. Abraham. Abraham was the first example of a missionary. Okay. Leave where you are going. Leave your father's house. Leave where you are used to your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I'm sending you to so 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 so. For example, Jonah is another example of a missionary in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Where God say, uh, go say uh, go go and preach to Nineveh. He was hiding away. He forgot that the heart belongs to the Lord and the fullness. God holds the sea? Mm-hmm. He holds everywhere. Right. So. Uh, so, there could be a special call calling upon somebody mm-hmm. to a particular place. Right. Uh, but in a general perception, we all should see that we have one call, a general call. You know, there are people, God called everybody to evangelize. Mm-hmm. But there are people who in the fivefold ministry who are placed, who, who has a, a, a mandate upon their lives mm-hmm. to... As an evangelist. And that grace especially specially in the work they do. So also the same thing with missionary. But every believer should see themselves as a missionary. Because it's forced responsibility before a special call. We don't need to wait for a special call. You can do what you can do. Why God is calling people? He wants so to call. Even, you can even do it in your. In you your don't need to be. You don't need to be to have a special something or attention. What right. matter is the meaning of that mandate, right. which is taking the good news. What is good news? Is what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary. That's the good news. Take the good news. Go to somebody. You can even go like. Many churches have, hospital outreaches. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Well, some people will go to a hospital and go and pray for the sick. Mm-hmm. Bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. It's a work of missionary. <laughs> they are missionary. <laughs> wow.
3: Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for clearing that up. You. you know, it beckons the question. So, um, since every Christian can actually do missions work, yeah, right though some people have special callings, you know, to a specific place, but every Christian in general, if you're if you're a doctor, you can exactly. among your colleagues, you know. Yes. But, so for you specifically, what would you say, what are like some of the challenges you faced, you know, in the missions field in the very, I know you, you touched on some of the places you've gone to. Mm. So maybe like what are some places you've gone to and like what are some of the challenges you face? All you right. Know, in the All missions
4: right. Uh, thank you very much because... There's nothing we do in this in this life that has no challenge, and uh, me, I face a lot of difficulties mm. personally mm. Um, because all my life it has been by faith. Mm. I don't have one particular place from as I started where I want to do something great for God and the money is ready. Mm. So number one challenge I faced as a young boy. In this early 20s, going totally into mission work uh, was uh, money. It's my number one problem. But I never allowed I never allowed money to stop me. Several times, I have to walk. Several times, I have to find the cheapest means of transportation mm. to go. Several times, I have to be without food. One time, I was going to Cameroon, and on the sea, and there was a turbulence in water in the in the sea, and the water rose as fast four story building, coming to cover. And I don't know how to swim, so I saw the wave so high, like into heaven. I shouted, "Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, save me!" <laughs>
3: So you had the, the Paul experience. Uh, <laughs> you
4: that's why I understood that scripture. <laughs> the scripture that said, it's where Peter said, "Jesus, if you are the Lord, <laughs> bid me to come." And you know, it's easier for pastor to preach against it yeah. that he doubted. You should not doubt. It's easier than experience. <laughs> when I saw water, I knew what Peter faced. <laughs> If I was by mistake entered that water, I would be like a stone that goes down into the because I cannot even float in the swimming pool, not to talk of the turbulent water. So I screamed, Jesus, save me. At the point I started thinking, have I ever for- committed anything? God forgive me. <laughs> so that if I die, at least I will go to heaven. <laughs> me mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we eventually rolled to one small island mm-hmm. and the people in that village came up and they were say, oh, what happened in the water? My At that time, my jaw down here mm-hmm. yeah, has gone to one side, the hope has gone to the other side. Mm-hmm. And my teeth were cracking and said, pack, 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 because of the code. <laughs> and uh, I was just 23 years old. Ah. Uh, and uh,
3: okay,
4: you are really young, you are really, really young. I Going was called day. young, that must have taken a lot of faith. Honestly. I was called young, <laughs> and my parents don't know where I was. Wow, several so times there was no, no mobile phone, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, they were that very time mm-hmm. I've been away for about two months, they were just praying if they have kidnapped me or something, <laughs> <laughs> I was just lost for the Lord. And uh, at that time. God helped us. Mm-hmm. Then I went into other challenges I've had. Um, when we were in Togo, walking to Is my own problem was transportation. Mm-hmm. Just the money. But once I found myself there, I I just flew. Anything they hit, we hit. If they drink water from the from the river, we all drink it together. And then until I got to Ghana, when God sent me to Ghana. So when I was leaving my parents' house, that was when I I, I left. I stopped living under my parents. Mm-hmm. My journey to Ghana started a new life. Because otherwise, if I want to go on the mission field, I can talk to my father. Please, I need some money. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. used to think about buying shoe or dress. All my dresses, I have to hire them, big, dentry. But they were old. Mm. Uh, but all I would need money for just to get transportation to get to my mission field and preach. And uh, but this time I went to Ghana. No family, nobody. So I slept on the street of Ghana, Accra, Ghana, for two years. No roof on my head. No place I can lay my head for two for two years, years I was on the streets. Have you have you so had like a no street shelter boy? just on no the street? absolutely no shelter? Have you heard of Street Boy before? No, no. I was a street boy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> because of that, I live and yet I preach on the streets to the boys. That was when I first experienced having my bath in public bathroom, having toilet. I, 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 my, I come over from a good home, uh, not, I was, uh, well-trained, come from a well-trained home, and a well-educated wow. parent, you know, but the thing is, uh, the taste I had for the gospel changed my worldview, and I never care, or would laugh at me or not, so, wow. uh, this time, uh, I was on the street. I prayed to go off to give me accommodation. One time, I, found, I saw in Nigeria, mm-hmm. in the public bus. I begged this guy. I said, please, I don't have a place to sleep tonight. Can I sleep in your place? Wow. He gave me his number. Call me tomorrow. I called him. He said, I should come. The very day I got to his house to sleep, we were already sleeping. His girlfriend called that he's coming that night. He said, Bros. My girlfriend is coming. You need to find your way. <laughs> I said, please, don't send me out. It's middle of the night. Let me just sleep in the corridor. Then he allowed me. You can sleep in the corridor. So I slept on the corridor. Mosquito beat me and everything. And after that, the girlfriend will go the following day, no. Then some group of people came. They said the association of this, the tribe, it belongs to that they can't allow my tribe to sleep in the same room with their own tribe. Since I'm I'm not part of that tribe association, I said, I will join. I will join the association. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I will join the association. Don't worry. (laughs) Then the whole association went back. (laughs) They met together again. Okay. Then they came to us. They don't like... If I would be, I, I, I stay in their brother's house. I said, "But well, we, are, we are all Nigerians. <laughs> it wasn't a funny experience. At the end, they said, sorry, even if you join, we don't want you to stay with her. And I know what they were preventing. Because the dubious uh, businesses they were doing, mm-hmm. they feel that we exposed them. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I went on the street again. So after a while, I talked to myself. Why am I begging people to live with? Then I stayed permanently on the street. When the rain falls, it will beat me. One day, I was sleeping on a bench. Mm. And around 3 a.m., somebody tapped me. I woke up. It was a guy. He said, you are sleeping on my bed. Please stand up on my bed. Then I woke up. I slept. I stood up. And I went to one uh, building as I, I stood there till daybreak. He continued sleeping on the bench. And uh, those are the experiences I had. But I never regretted it. Because those things built me hope. And before I found, I didn't tell you about this. I found a Christian brother, a medical student in Kalibu Teaching Hospital. And he found that I'm a pastor, a missionary. He said, Where do you stay? I said, I don't I don't have a house. I sleep anywhere. <laughs> then he said, Come, can you sleep sleep in my hostel? I said, I will be most grateful to God if you allow me. That's why I went to stay in the with the medical student. He gave up his bed for me, his bunk, and that's why I was able to sleep for about two months there. I was preaching to those who were there. and was just there until, uh, as time passed, mm-hmm. when I had the voice of God go to Eastern region, mm-hmm. and that's where I planted a church. Uh, I've started to, to three churches now, and in that Eastern region, I started sleeping in the kiosk. I it was. The, and the very stinky, de- dirty water got a pass under it. When I would be sleeping, the smell will wake me up. Mm. And uh, in that land, the Lord did a great work. Today, the indigens—all our members were indigens—and uh, more pastors were raised among the indigens. Mm. And they are the one continue the work today, to the glory of God. So uh, challenges are a lot of challenges in the mission work. But we still have to keep doing the work and not look at the challenges. Wow. Man, I know, you know,
3: I'm, I thank God that we're able to laugh and joke about some of this. But I can imagine that
4: in <laughs> a, that moment, it was not a funny experience there was a for you. a time I doubted. That God was the one who spoke to me to come to Ghana. <laughs> I actually doubted it, and I went on my knees. I said, "God, was it? W- w- were you the one that I had, or someone else spoke to me?" It's like God totally turned his face away from me. And uh, but today I understood. I understand better because uh, those things I went through build my faith and my character Mm -hmm. in Christ and my character. Before I went to Misha, I was not really a very patient person, Mm -hmm. but I learned patience Mm -hmm. by force during those situations. God was breaking some things in me, Mm -hmm. was removing certain attitudes, certain behavior, certain Mm -hmm. character in me. And uh, I give God the glory. So just to,
3: just to go off of that, um, do you think that, so if somebody wanted to become a missionary, do you think they should get like some type of training, you know, or should it just be, you know, they have the passion or they just understand that I should be a mission and they just go?
4: Okay, know? if you are going on a special mission like that, yeah. I, I, I think training is very good. It's necessary. Reason, there are two types of training we go through. There is a formal training, and informal training. Informal trainings are the trainings we go through when we are face-to-face with, uh, what do they call it? Situations of life and Holy Spirit is using them, changing us. But formal training is very necessary. For example, they will teach you about cross-cultural mission. So that when you go to a mission field, you don't expect all of them to behave the way you behave in your community, where you are coming from. Mm. You see, uh, Peter Wagner defined uh, evangelism into three categories. Mm. It's an E1 evangelism. E1 evangelism is when you reach out to people of the same culture Mm. as yourself. For example, you're from Africa. Or you are an American, mm-hmm. and the way you talk to elders in America, when you get to certain people countries where people hold elders so highly, like God, mm-hmm. and you are a missionary and you go there and talk anyhow the way as if you are talking to your to those mm-hmm. elders, mm-hmm. then your message is lost. Is lost. Yeah. They will not receive you yeah. because they will be looking at you and yet yeah, nothing is wrong with you, mm-hmm. only that. You are, you are out of a place that behaves the way you are behaving, or address people the way you are addressing people. Mm-hmm. But when you are a missionary, and you are working within America, mm-hmm. so it's the same culture as yourself. The same people, behave, the way they behaved, mm-hmm. how people can easily claim their rights, you know. You get to some places, you can't claim your right like you claim in America. Freedom of speech, it will make them beat you. In another place, you go to another country, say here, freedom of speech, you can express yourself. You can express yourself. They'll beat you. (laughs) They'll beat you (laughs) up. So when you are ministering, the training will let you understand that this is America. You don't have problem. The way you preach, no problem. The training will let you know that you should change your accent. Mm. Because some people, when some Americans, when they go to Africa, people will just be, you think you are preaching, you are preaching to yourself. They'll just be <laughs> looking at you like <laughs> you, can, you are preaching to yourself. Because you are you speak so fast. <laughs> Even a PhD older in that country cannot understand you. <laughs> A PADO that cannot understand you. And you think you are (laughs) preached. And American people will be clapping for you. Wow, you are a champion in America. But in that place, you have said nothing. You've communicated communicated nothing. They are clapping because they said they can go. They won't even clap for you. (laughs) They will be looking at you like this. One time, I took some Americans from California to Ghana. They came to Ghana. And then they were preaching. The people were just looking like this. So when it was time for my preaching, they were responding. Because of the acid. They were not hearing anything. They were saying. So one of them came to me during the break time. He said, thank you for preaching. Those people, I did not hear anything they (laughs) said. He said, those people, I did not hear anything they (laughs) said. So training will let you understand that certain things. so that's E1 evangelism. Mm-hmm. E2 evangelism is preaching to people of a similar culture mm-hmm. as yourself. Okay. For example, mm-hmm. um, I'm a Yorubama from Nigeria,
2: yeah,
4: I'm still in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I go to Ibuland, let's mm-hmm. say, Anambra to preach.
2: Mm.
4: So, there is different in our culture, but our accent is the same way. The same way I pronounce English mm-hmm. is very close to the way they pronounce their own English. That's you understand? Right. Yeah. And uh, it's very easy to flow. Yeah. Those are the people of similar cultures. Mm-hmm. You but the E1, E3 evangelism, according to Peter Wagner, he said, when you preach to people of a different culture, as yourself. Mm. That's why you need a lot of training, mm. a lot of uh, orientation. Because when you preach to people of different culture, as yourself, so many things you will be doing right, they will misinterpret you. Mm. Okay, for example, our interpreter in, in uh, Mexico, one time I called him. I said, you need to be patient with us. You speak English, but not really deep. Like we speak English. Mm. And your choice of word when communicating to us, it doesn't convey your choice of grammar. doesn't convey the intent of the message you want to pass across. Mm. And when we speak Spanish, we cannot even reach half of the message. So, Mm. be patient with us. It's out of uh, experience, I have to beg him, in humility, be patient with us. If you think you are saying something, and we are doing different things, it's because of language barrier between us. So, if we miss it, be patient with us, Mm -hmm. we will not miss it next time. Mm -hmm. And since that time, there was no trouble because of the way I communicate with him. Mm -hmm. Because language is number one, culture. That should be very put to consideration. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that if somebody's going for a very special mission like that, especially E3 mission, mm-hmm. it's good to get training because oh. so we'll be perishing forever. Mm-hmm. Don't be too much in a haste to go on without being trained, thinking so will be per- before you were born, so shall perish, right. After you will die. So we still be perishing. Right. So that why right, God took time to prepare Moses mm-hmm. when God was going to send Moses to Egypt mm-hmm. to deliver his people. Mm-hmm. He sent him to university for 40 years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, man. This is, this is really awesome. So in a nutshell, you really need wisdom. Passion alone is not, not, not enough. It's yeah. enough. Wow. Wow. Hmm. So just to... Um, um. to listening to everything you said, um, it's very clear to me, you know, if I actually, before I even say, it, without me even saying, it, let me just ask so that, let it come from your mouth, okay. right? Because it's very clear that there's a lot of financial support needed for missionaries. Okay. But even beyond the financial, listening to what you're saying, I'm hearing there are a lot of other things beyond okay. the financial. So I just... You tell me, even besides financial, what are some of the needs that missionaries need? You all know. right. Number
4: one, finance is very important. Yes. <laughs> even non-missionaries, even in a secular world, there's At least anything you can do mm. with money, just simple thing. Let's say move from here to that place. If you all this equipment, if you want to move them to another place, you need money to move them. And then, apart from that, missionary needs material support. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, there are places that you know we we I send uh, the outreach with some things to our daddy mm-hmm. in a uh, place called Tondo Tund- uh, Tondo. If I pronounce it well, mm-hmm. in the Philippines. And then there's a place in that place called Smoky Mountains in the Philippines in the Manila, the capital mm-hmm. that's where they you will see the definition of poverty mm-hmm. you see children who eat only once every three days yes, and they go to the uh, they don't eat where they put all these McDonald's, all the leftover food they go and throw them away then they will take the chicken Remove the flesh from the bones Mm -hmm. and then rewash it. The chicken that people have eaten, the leftover, Mm -hmm. they will wash it. Tear every piece out of the bones uh, and then wash it and they remade it into a food. I forgot the name. And then they sell it to other people. They just go to the hill and get the leftover food and reprocess it. And you can even get it on YouTube if you search it. You will see it. And that is what some people are able to eat. Hmm. But people are tired of people coming to preach when they are hungry. So what you need at times may not be the preaching to preach to them. You just show the love, kindness, compassion to these people. And so we cooked food and fed over 1,000 people. Mm. Cooked food. And we went as a team, transported ourselves, and now take the clothes that uh, Fountain of the Living Church mm. sent to us. Because of people, if you see the way they were, they were rushing it. After we fed them, it was clothes. And people were so happy. And then they went to. So when they gather, there were over 1,000. We preached to them, shared the gospel. Then we now brought our food. Some of them took extra food because we had a food so surplus. I church, they were able to contribute money for us to cook the food. And some even took some home. Uh, with that, that's the gospel some of them understand. The gospel of love. And because the foundation of the gospel is the love of Jesus, who came to the one and died for us. Mm -hmm. Not because we should go to church. He just died. It's a free gift. He just died for us. And uh, materials, clothes, shoes, Mm -hmm. a lot. We took a lot that it was so plenty and uh, everything finished and uh, that's why apart from money materials number three missionary needs prayers because some missionaries themselves cannot feed their family depending on the area you see you can work in some area in some communities and then you don't have problem about food about Clothing, but there's a place God can send someone to. If nobody remembers such a missionary, it's a matter of time. They will fall sick and die. That's why you see some missionaries die, the wife is a widow, widow, and then, or the wife died, the husband is a widower. Uh, I'm talking of some serious locations whereby. They don't have access to some of the things we have access to. We still have to remember them. And another area is uh, physical visitation. Mm. It's very important Mm. uh, because we are social Mm beings. And once in a while, you find somebody, uh, you see someone visiting you, brings a lot of encouragement. Mm. Even Paul the Apostle, he had the same experience. Say when Titus my brother came to strengthen me so about is about uh seeing human being because you are human being no matter how spiritual you are you can't rule out the fact that you are human being so we are social being and uh, if we visit a missionary we should not forget to get a a gift or food items or clothing for their children it encourages a lot And that's the area. Uh, Like, I one time someone visited me in uh, my mission field, and when they told me somebody was looking for me, I was wondering who could have come here, who could have come here. It was when I saw the person, it was a very close friend who fought all his way to locate where I was, and I was so happy that day. He slept over before he left the following day it was it brings a lot of encouragement you know praise
3: God wow man thank you so much so it, it, it just seems like on um, the 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 missions field is a place where like there are so many challenges you're going to meet and yes. so like even if it's money materials prayers <laughs> tracing <laughs> you though you, you, you it can't visit even even a hog anything exactly anything exactly helps. it goes a wow. long way wow wow yeah. so so just just um in one of the scriptures you mentioned earlier about going into all the world preaching the gospel making disciples mm-hmm. um just to help us understand or uh, what is discipleship and how important is it in the work of missions? All
4: right uh. Uh, the word disciple in a, in a layman language you can call it that disciplined person a disciplined person and uh, that's why but the word disciple in this gospel town is different from the word disciple in other fields for example in the world of boxing a coach could see somebody a potential in someone I say, I'm going to coach you. In other words, I'm going to disciple you. And so, when he's discipling him, there will be some things that need to be cut off from that guy. So, that's the same thing in this line of followership of Jesus. We need to be disciples. When Jesus Christ was carrying the 12 disciples, there was a time he would rebuke them. There was a time... He will sit them and teach them. He taught them to pray. He taught them the ways. He taught them so many things. He taught them so many parables. So the same thing. Many people come to Christianity today. Or when you are you finish preaching, traditionally, you say, anyone who is ready to give his life to Jesus, raise your hand. You see people raising hand, Not because they understand what they are accepting. Because some of them raise their hand because they feel, if you say raise your hand, somebody that wants to get healed. Some believe that somebody wants to have a good husband and they just raise hand. Some believe that raising hand means that uh, they will become prosperous and have a lot of money. So, so when they come to Jesus like that, the way they are discipleship begins by letting them to understand the meaning of christianity it it means you take them through process of teaching that gives them foundation of faith the reason why we see many workers today and the people who after giving their life to jesus things they used to do before. They still do it five years. They still continue in their fornication. They still continue telling lies or stealing. It's not that they really want to do but it's because they don't really understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But this foundational teaching that we give to them, it gives them foundation whereby they can realize that what they used to be, they should no longer continue to be it. And from that point, they understand the salvation. When I gave my life to Jesus, the first thing I went through was discipleship class in the church where I gave my life to Christ. And I was surprised everything they were saying in this discipleship class. They said, what's I remember one of the teachings: What is not born again? One of the things they taught us that time: What is not born again? Born again is not going to church always. Born again is not fasting and praying. Born again is not going to night vigil, praying all through. Night. There, you know there are people who are not born again who praise. You know that. They are religious. They grew up in a religious environment. And some people believe that. Born again is not giving your tithe. It's not the definition. But it could be part of what you, what you do when you become born again. But that's not the definition. And after that, they taught us what is born again. And they now started showing us forsaking your old way of life and claiming to the new life of Christ. And all those things. So I now broaden my mind to understand what Christianity is. And from that, that foundation is there. Anywhere I go today, nothing can shake me because of the foundation. So when people come to Jesus, when you save them, when you preach to them, I have somebody that said, me, I am not here to preach church. I just preach Jesus. You have to preach church too. It's not that church is our message, but it's part of the requirement for anyone who is saved to go through. Because that is a place where you'll be washed through the teaching of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you preach to people outside, if you are not brought into a church where they will be disciple and groom and fellowship with others, your work has not completed so that's why we all must be involved in discipleship program, either personal or in group. And one of the ways of discipleship is through Sunday school. That's where you have time to raise your hand and ask questions. Because when the preacher is preaching Sunday morning, you don't have right to raise and ask questions. Have you seen anybody raising hand in the church? <laughs> ask a question when the pastor is preaching. They will look like you like you you are a Confucianist, you know. <laughs> but in Sunday school, so many churches have thrown away Sunday school. It should not be. So Sunday school class, you can ask questions and your teacher will take time to explain. You can interact. Interaction, the aspect of interaction is to help other people boost other people's interest in the word of God. And then for them to be able to express what they know and then build up the confidence in them. So with that, that is very important for discipleship. So in our own uh, mission field, how we do discipleship, we have a a teaching in different uh, chapters that they go through step by step every week. After we close church, This one will go to this person. This is his teacher. And the person will teach. And this set of people. So when the new set joins the church, then we appoint another teacher for this new set of people. So they start a class and they know they have to complete it. The teacher too must see that they complete it. By the time they complete it, they will know about what salvation is. They will understand about giving, so that you don't need to prophesy and tell lie for them to give money. And then teaching about giving is not so limited to money. Part of the giving is giving yourself for the work of God, giving yourself as a living sacrifice. So they need to understand the giving, the importance of giving in the work of God. It's part of the foundation that we, they need to understand about forgiveness from god and forgiving another person so those things are very necessary for christian foundation that you made them solid in christ so that when the wind blows they still remain amen
3: (laughs) man yeah this is uh very very important i mean the bible instructs you to disciple people you know but it's very, it's very good to explain these things because, you know, you can't disciple people if you don't even know how to disciple someone or you've never even been discipled yourself. Like you mentioned Sunday school, some people have never even been to Sunday school or don't even know what it... What? Some people don't even know what Sunday school... You know, the, as the pastor said, people all around the world are watching these videos. So, yeah. But Sunday school is just a... Uh, break it break down into small groups and you know i think some churches call it small groups like um, a cell, one, yeah. A cell. Like a cell. Uh-huh. yeah yeah just for people who don't know but thank you so much for clarifying that mm-hmm. um so just throughout throughout your your work with god on the missions field like how have you seen yourself evolve how has your faith grown and evolved to become where you can See those challenges, and it doesn't move you as much, or you're more anchored. Now, How, what 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 did it take to to get there?
4: All right, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, the, there's no superhero when it comes. I'm not a super, <laughs> uh, but but the issue is that uh, there are challenges that shake me. But one thing I know is that the faith in christ never let me give up for example uh, from experience when you start a new church especially in places where you have so many challenges of language barrier financial barrier and all those things and then nothing seems to be working you started the church. well when i started the church in ghana i don't have members for t- two years I had only about 10 members, fluctuating 10 members for two years. But my faith in Christ uh, did not allow me to give up. And, and I, I said to myself, I'd rather die here than this church not working. I'd rather stay here. Because from experience, when you start a new church in a new environment, I'm not talking about breakaway churches. Where somebody break it, one church into half and want to start another one? No, I'm not. I'm talking about you moving to environment where nobody knows you as Christian. Not to talk about pastors. So it's like you're starting from scratch. That's how. That is the intention of God. You are planting church. Go and start from the scratch. That's why you prove your call. <laughs> your calling. You you start from the scratch. No drum set. Can you survive? The question is, no drum set, no keyboard, no microphone. Nothing. In fact, no hall to meet. You need to create this thing. (laughs) You need to create this thing. All the churches have planted. That's how there is never a place I've planted churches. Church and uh, God has called me to go that I ever had money. No. Not, not one place. That is how to prove that God has called you and is with you. Not to go look for a church to be an assistant pastor. Mm-hmm. You are assistant pastor for five years and people are used to you and you now break up. Mm-hmm. And you are not sending text to a church member. Mm-hmm. We, were a <laughs> we are starting a new service. We are starting a new service. If God has led you that's how the rebels do. If God has led you, Sister Amar, eh, if, if God has led you, you can join us. You are a lazy pastor. You should go to the street and look for unbelievers and gather them and disciple them. The people you will gather and disciple who don't know anything, they are the members that will last forever. If we are going to steal Sister Amarachi, You go and steal Sister Marachi from the Poverty Liberation Ministry, A.K.A. Millionaire's (laughs) Chapel. You go and steal her. After a while, she will steal herself away from you. It's a matter of time. Only lazy pastors look for church to break into three and now start their own church. The the intention of God is for you to start with nothing. Look on the streets. By the time you go one week, you will get one soul that will follow you. Then the church has started. Mm. The church has started. And from that, you can keep on. Keep on. You don't need plenty of people to start a church. And the church, what you should be looking for is non-saved people. Mm. Because if you stay, sister, in kitchen, from this church, mm. What you have done is church transfer, like you transfer money. There is not a church growth. It's the growth of Israelite in the circle, you know. So you look for a soul and go and disciple. Remind me the the question, the frame of the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i, I <laughs> the, 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 the,
3: you're, you're actually on track the, okay. but the, the the question was um just how has your faith
4: grown how okay. have you evolved in a trust? so your now I, I i remember i started with i'm not a superhero yes uh, because there are times i shake you know past only 10 members for two years yeah. if you are the one will you continue right. you just follow i remember one time i tried to escape I went to, I woke up with one brother that was with me that time. I said, Brother, so, 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 God is leading me to go to Tsumanya. That's another village, next to our village. That was more enlightened than where I was. And uh, he said, If you say, God, I'm ready. Because of his quick submission, I became afraid that, oh, God. I'm leading somebody astray. <laughs> oh God, I'm leading someone. Because I preach, preach. These people are not responding. <laughs> so, then I went to sleep with conscience. Mm. Disturbing me. And all of a sudden, in the night, I slept. Around 5 a.m. I had a terrible dream or revelation, anyone you may call it. Mm. Somebody called me and was pointing her to me like this. Do not leave this land. Do not leave this land. Mm. Stay in this land until I tell you to leave. Mm. And I woke up. But while he was speaking to me in that dream, Mm. I was crying. Mm. By the time I woke up, my faces are full of tears. Mm. From the dream, I was crying in the real world and I never knew. When I woke up, I was panting because it was so clear that I could not. And I went outside under the tree and I was shaking. I knelt down, repenting, God forgive me. I will stay. I will not go. Uh, Today I thank God I didn't I didn't go. All these souls in Ghana and all those three churches that were that imagined that land, they wouldn't have been. And I went back to the brother that said, Okay, anywhere you want to go, well. I said, I'm sorry, I deceived you. God did not speak to me. I will stay in this land. Mm. So I stayed, and the land opened later. And the church that was 10 member grew over 100. Mm. And uh, till the Lord said, Leave to Philippine, I was in that land. <laughs> wow.
3: Wow. So, man, so, you know, ba- basically you you really, really need to, I know this has been the theme this year, even in our church, you need to really, really have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you know how to take guidance and listen for his instructions so that you don't just go and <laughs> lead, somebody <laughs> <astray>. <laughs> lead somebody astray. <laughs> it's a serious, oh, man. Yeah, so uh, I'm really I'm really grateful for everything you said. Just before we close out um, All right. the conversation, just I know there are people who um, maybe God has been talking to them to go to a specific place, or they've had a desire to uh, step into the missions work, or even hearing now that every Christian can be a missionary, even if he's in your should circle. Be. This thing. Should be, should I'll be, be should be a missionary, yeah. and God is talking to you now. So it's just to, can you just quickly give. Um, anyone who would want to get into a missionary or is like, oh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to articulate the gospel. I don't know how to, I've never evangelized. I've never, what are some tips you or advice you would give them to to get them from where they are, to get them in, like to start uh, going? Okay, yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. If God is leading in your heart to improve on the way you reach out to the next soul, the lost soul around you. Or oh, God is leading you to be involved in a special mission. And uh, you, number one, you need to understand and uh, be sure of what God has spoken to you. And number two, you need to start from where you are. You're Jerusalem. And uh, your Judea, your Samaria, and to the, your uttermost part of the earth. Those are the stages. Your, Jerusalem is the place where you are right now. You don't need to struggle to go to there. You don't even need transportation. It could be your school. It could be your place of work. It could be God may be sending you to your boss. That boss that, that when it appears, all of you, you always bury yourself in the, in the ground. God may say, that is the Pharaoh I'm sending you to. I need him. He's going to be my servant. You need to just obey. ride right from your Jerusalem. And allow God to promote you. Today. Mission is not difficult. And it's not difficult to preach. Some people say, I don't know how to preach. <laughs> just tell God loves you. And is ready to forgive yourself. You have preached. When God sent Jonah to Nineveh. I was expecting I was going to preach a very long sermon, a very powerful message, a very uh, earthquake, uh, building shaking message. No? It just said, oh, Nineveh. Uh, in three days. <laughs> how many days did he say? It's, I think it's three days. Nineveh will be taught, I, I, I,
3: I can't remember how many days exactly. Uh, yes.
4: But. Uh, uh, but the message was so simple. And then the whole nation had it. And they repented. And they went to fasting and prayer. And the whole nation turned to the Lord, including the animal. Have you seen anybody preach? And the animal gave their life to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) The animal fasted. Everybody repented. It's not how long you preach. It's about God backing what you say. You don't need long sermon. So, if you, God say, talk to your boss. Who, ordinary who, he will repent. Mm-hmm. So, what matter is that? If you want to be a missionary, start from your Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and the Lord will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow! It's it's not how long
3: you preach; no. it's God backing, backing what you. Do you say? backing what you say Amen. so essentially you have to make sure you're preaching the truth, you're preaching the word of, God. The word of God you're not adding your own uh, <laughs> <laughs> your own jarrah mm-hmm. into it man, uh, Pastor Tulli, thank you so much thank you, sir. this has been very insightful um, thank you. please, I, I encourage you to listen, this, listen to this over and over again, share it with your friends, your family with anyone you can and I pray that God will open your eyes and give you the wisdom to take the next steps into supporting a missionary and being a missionary thank you